At Journey Beyond Divorce, we understand that navigating through the emotional tsunami of separation and divorce is one of the hardest journeys you'll take. And we know that once the initial fear and pain begins to pass, a whole new storm of confusion, uncertainty, and self-doubt can surface. Journey Beyond Divorce can help you identify and clarify where you're feeling stuck and what steps you need to move forward, even if they're just baby steps. We guide you with practical, tangible support that you can start implementing right away. Our team of experienced divorce coaches is ready to help you. Listen through the show because we have a gift just for you. It'll help you navigate your divorce with more calm and confidence. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Journey Beyond Divorce with Karen McMahon and special guest Lisa Brick. I'm Steve Peck. We want to welcome our listeners and remind you, if you haven't started listening from the beginning, this is step eight in our 12-step divorce recovery series. I invite you to listen to our introductory show and seven previous steps from Journey Beyond Divorce. And you can catch up by listening to past shows on journeybeyonddivorce.com, divorcesourceradio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. And now here's the founder and host of Journey Beyond Divorce, Karen McMahon. Hi, Steve. It's great to be back. Good to have you back. And Lisa, it's so great to have you back with us as well. It's wonderful. Thanks for having me back. So let's jump right in. Today's show is uh, the antidote to feeling powerless during divorce. And I'm excited about the topic today because we're really going to get to the root of the powerlessness. And for all of us who've gone through divorce, it makes sense that you feel powerless, right? Because there's so much that is outside of our control once we enter that season of divorce. We have our spouse's behaviors and reactions. We have our children's reactions to what's going on, our parents, our friends and family. We have the changing social dynamic that's outside of our control in terms of what other people do. And and the biggest one of all is the uncertainty that we face Um, in terms of what the final settlement is going to look like, where we're going to live, how much money we're going to have, how much time we're going to get to spend with our children if children are involved, if we're going to be lonely and alone or if we're going to date and find love again. And so the mind actually is time traveling to the past and to the future And all of this uncertainty and all these different moving pieces leave us feeling really powerless because the mind is trying to figure it out. What happened? Why it happened? What's going to happen? How bad is it going to be? And so we're in this turmoil. And the key here is that Wherever the mind is taking us to try and figure out all of these things, it's not in the present moment. And that's the key to today is really understanding how to keep our head where our feet are, keep our mind in the moment that we're living in. And when we get lost in all of these thoughts in our head as we're trying to figure things out that we can't figure out, The only thing we're present to is our internal dialogue and the stress that it creates. And we actually 
go missing from what's happening around us. And why do we do that? We do that because our minds like to know what's happening. And in divorce, we really can't know. We're, we can know what choices we make from moment to moment, but we can't determine outcomes in the future and we can't change outcomes out of the past. And just to stay for a minute on the the repercussions for that. So when we're when we're constantly in the past and the future, when things happen in the current moment, we're feeling all the more out of control because we can't do anything about the past. We can't do anything about the future. So when something today happens, we're already so feeling so out of control that we're in fear and discomfort. And when we are acting from fear and discomfort, we're reacting. We have this emotionally triggered reaction. And so the very outcome that we desire, whatever that positive outcome is, we end up negating because of this discomfort and this fear that has us reacting to our attorney, our spouse, whatever the current situation of the day is. And so we actually begin to create the very thing we don't want because we're feeling so powerless. And in that state, we actually complicate rather than simplify an already very complex situation. So today we're going to talk about awareness, present present moment awareness, and we're going to be sharing tools that can reverse this process, simplify the complexities that are in fact in front of us during divorce to make our lives easier and more navigable. So the practice that we're sharing today is simple yet challenging. It's, from, it's a practice that if you attend to it daily, um, you'll be able to feel more powerful and more in control in the midst of your divorce because you're going to be focusing on that which, that which you do have control over. It's the practice of staying present. And one of the three things we talk about in every show is awareness, acceptance, and action. And so... I invite you to bring your attention, as we talk about all the things that we're covering today, bring your attention to how you navigate and what happens in your mind from day to day, from hour to hour as you're going through uh, your challenges and divorce and noticing each time that your mind time travels to the past or the future. And the idea is to just gently invite it back to the present moment. So let's take a look at this and examine why. Why, we talked about it quickly, but let's slow it down. Why is it so important to stay in the present moment during divorce? You know, again, when we use our minds to try to project a future or re-examine, redesign the past, so we have an idea, we know what's happening, what happens is we're not in our present. Where we are is we're lost in thoughts, we're lost in our fears, and we're lost in our pain. 
So we're absent from the present moment. And we actually are living in in our minds instead of out in the world when at the same time, there's an immense amount of steps to take when divorce occurs. Some of these steps, many of you are familiar with, some of you are just approaching. They include, but are not limited to, gathering financial information, choosing your attorney, strategizing with your attorney. You're taking on new responsibilities that your spouse once handled. And these are tasks that you're not familiar with. So you're learning while you're doing them. Not not simple. You're managing your feelings as well as your reactions to your spouse's feelings, your kids' feelings, your in-laws and parents and relatives' feelings, your friends' feelings, on and on and on. You're figuring out, oh my goodness, what do I tell family? When do I tell them? What about my friends, coworkers, my neighbors? What's appropriate? What's right? What's too much? And then there's separating finances, which often includes opening new relationships and new bank accounts. There's reorganizing and cleaning out the marital home in preparation for a move or a sale. And there's creating interim budgets with a lot of guessing due to necessarily incomplete and insufficient information. Man, the magnitude of steps necessary to get divorced is challenging enough when you stay in the present. Yet, when you get caught in this labyrinth of the mind, it's completely overwhelming and you're completely overwhelmed and really can't navigate clearly or efficiently. You know, I think the challenge, because you just put such a great list of um, of the various tasks and, and decisions that have to be made on the table, and the challenge is that as we approach each one of them, they almost invite the mind to go into the story, right? And so it's like you're gathering, when I was gathering my financial information and my marriage was a little bit of a financial disaster, I actually had my one and only anxiety attack because as I dug through all of the credit card bills and the bounce checks and all of this other stuff, my mind went totally into the last 12 years of my life and all of the difficulties and struggles. And so it's very easy to slip into that mind time traveling, that mind trying to figure things out or to blame and accuse or whatever it's doing as you step into each one of these, whether you're dealing with financial information or choosing an attorney and this whole story about I've never done this before, I don't know how to do it. Geez, my sister told me that her attorney really screwed her. And before you know it, you're all over the place, but you're not here. And so as you approach each of these key tasks, notice what happens to your thinking. And when your thinking goes awry and goes into the past or future, again, the concept is to gently invite it back and ask, well, what's true and what is, and begin to attend to the next thing. And when we do that, 
in that moment, you're totally in control. And for all the things that are outside of your control, we want to bring you to all that is within your control and making those decisions and taking one step at a time when you're fully present, you're not only in control, but you're also showing up as your best and being able to make the best choices and the best actions in that moment. Carrie, you made a good point about all of the things you've heard about divorce, all of the things you've heard about attorneys, all of the paperwork you're going through, the areas of the house you go in that remind you of things from the past. And when you begin to feel self-doubt, your mind pulls from memory incidences where you've failed, where you've felt humiliated, where you've experienced disappointing outcomes. And these memories effectively block out your memories of success. So we spoke about awareness when we came into this talk today. And this is where awareness is critical. Because once you hear yourself going down that path, as Karen said, with, with gentleness, acknowledge, oh, I'm going down a path where my mind is only going to bring up more negatives. So let me, let me step back and let me begin to think about where I have had successes, what stories I have heard, who do I know that's through divorce now. Because everybody makes it through, everybody. And many people, depending how their attitude is through divorce, come out stronger and clearer and much happier than they went into it. So if you can remind your brain of the positives of your strengths at these moments where you're locked in temporarily to only looking at the negative, you can actually reverse the, the loop that your mind is in so you can bring yourself back to the present and use the positive to interact with each step along the way and taking it one step at a time, which makes it achievable. Um, I, I, I think that, you know, I just want to tag on to that one of the things we talk to our clients about is how they 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 know they know the answers they're more powerful they're more wise than they believe and i think that's a lot of what lisa is talking about right now is the mind will bring us to that place of self doubt and fear and to be able to stand in what you know about yourself and what you are capable of and again that brings you back to the current moment, it roots you in what's real, because fear is, it's like a circus mirror, it, it warps everything. And so once we go into that fear of the future, it's like the worst case scenario squared, and, and it just completely freezes us. So you come back to what you know, what your successes are, what your strengths are, and, and and in that place, you're going to be powerful and effective, and you are going to feel in control. That reminds me of one of our clients, Kara. I remember when Claire came to me, she was a few years out post-divorce. 
And she was the one who initiated the divorce and her marriage began unraveling when she had an affair. Um, she wasn't fulfilled in her marriage. And at first she was incredibly giddy and loved her active single life and her newfound freedom. And as soon as her ex found a new relationship that he seemed to be happy in, she started going into negatives. Uh, I'm never going to find a mate. I shouldn't have done this. It was all my fault. And she began using her mind to convince herself that she was an utter failure. She never did anything right. And she actually thought she would die alone because... She had it in her mind that God was punishing her for her sins. And it was so sad. She was so broken. Yet her projections of how it would be, that what she thought she'd just get away from her husband and things would be wonderful, they were inaccurate. They were no more of fabrication that she projected than her loop of fear and guilt that she was in and all of this led her to forget her skills and the reality. You know, why did she have this affair? And to, to get herself back in integrity and realize she had done something out of integrity. And she did. And that she learned from it. And she could live differently now. And she began focusing on, she raised three healthy adult children she was a, she's a loving hospice social worker and she's really effective in what she does and all this allowed her to remember that she hadn't been happy in her marriage for for many many years so once she was able to accept her responsibility with awareness and gentleness get back in integrity realizing she's not she's going to live differently in the future she was able to, to hold on and begin to use her strengths again. And she saw that she had the capacity for a second take on relationships in which she could utilize and celebrate what she's learned through this divorce. And she could build up more competency mm -hmm. around places she recognized she had some weaknesses. And she became firmly grounded in the present and began to take step by step to move where she was, keep her mind where her feet are, keep her head over her feet, not ahead of herself or behind herself. And really with a much more relaxed and peaceful attitude, interact with life very effectively. And as I said, with a sense of uh, newfound tranquility. And, you know, I think what's so powerful about that story, Lisa, is nothing in her external circumstances changed, but when she was able to shift back to the present moment and what she is capable of and what she does desire, things changed. And we'll be back with more of the show after this. We're there right when you need us the most. And we make sure you have all the tools and resources at your fingertips, guiding and supporting you between calls to be more effective. I was very fortunate to find Journey Beyond Divorce. I would go searching for any piece of information that could either A, give me more knowledge about the divorce process itself, 
or B, could talk me down emotionally. And I found that Journey Beyond Divorce was really instrumental in providing both things. One, the guidance of the divorce process itself, as well as talking about self-maintenance and what does the individual need to do to kind of cope with it. Let us help you gain a broader perspective and determine your best next steps with our free Rapid Relief Lifeline call. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call. And we have a tendency to try to figure out what should have happened, what shouldn't have happened, who was right, who was wrong, what we should do now, what we shouldn't do now. And all of this, it, it obscures what's real. And when we're the most grounded is when our head is where our feet are and we have our boots on the ground and we're looking at what's in front of me now. And how can I take this step and then the next step to get from where I am to where I'd like to be? And that can only happen with any sense of tranquility when we keep our minds in the present. So let's take a few minutes and share, um, share with everyone some of the values, some of the key values of staying in the present as we summarize that part. And then I want to talk about uh, the challenging part of this practice. We'll talk about how valuable it is. And then, you know, let's get right down to it. It's challenging and give some tips on that front. You know, so as you're saying, it frees us to focus on the experience at hand and let the rest go, which is so important. It enhances our experiences. And if you stop and think about when you're present, when you're fully and completely present, I know for me this summer, I was down at the beach a lot watching sunsets and there was, I was no place but right there. The sky was brilliant. Um, the colors were beautiful, the water at my feet, and I was fully present. And the experience that we have in what Whatever we're doing, whether we're sitting and playing with our children or listening intently to our attorney, that full presence enhances our experiences. And it also allows for more clarity and creativity. When your mind is doing 12 things at once, you're not at your clearest or your most creative. And of course, at this time of life, being clear, calm, and, um, and confident and having that creativity is only going to serve uh, the outcome that you desire. And it's much easier to be confident in the present moment than it is to try to be confident about a future that you don't know exactly how it's going to shake out. So in the present, there's food on the table in most cases, there's a home, there's possibility, there's support, there's love, and those are, those are the tools that we can utilize in the present, being aware of them in order to help us navigate all of the myriad of tasks uh, and feelings that come up for divorce. So, Kara, did we talk about how to stay in the present? Well, I think that that's, that's the piece that I wanted to talk about now because there's a lot of challenges to, to that piece for people who have never really focused their attention on it. And so, 
you know, the whole concept of awareness that we've talked about throughout all of the shows is bringing our conscious awareness to where our mind is. And each time we see, we notice, and and I want to talk about how awareness works, each time we notice that we're deep in a story about the past or the future, we can just notice it. We can stop the story right there and let it go and come back to the present moment that we're attending to. And what's going to happen, and, and this is part of the process, is when you are done listening to the show today and you say, okay, this sounds great, I'm going to do that. The first thing that's going to happen is something's going to trigger you and your mind is going to go traveling into the past or into the future, and you may not even realize it for a period of time. You may be full in that past story for 15, 20 minutes with your teeth grinding, blaming and accusing before you say, wow, I've time traveled. And that's okay, because then you let it go and you come back to the present moment. The more you bring your attention in each moment to where your mind is, the quicker you catch yourself time traveling and bring yourself back. And so the first time it may be 20 minutes and the second time it may be 10 and the third time it may be just a couple of minutes and you notice it. And then ultimately what happens is as we get triggered and the thought begins to go into the fear of the future or or the past, we notice it, we stop it right then and there, and we never engage in the time travel, or we much less often engage in the time travel. And so the entire process is something that you have to be kind and gentle with yourself about, because most of us have been time traveling our whole lives. And so it really takes practice to shift that. And when we do begin to time travel and we begin to travel to uncomfortable places, the thoughts we're having actually release chemicals in our body. And the chemicals are, are stress hormones. And those stress hormones can actually be released out of the system through the use of your breath. So when you recognize that you're stuck in a loop of thinking that's creating tension and stress within you, if you can say to yourself, or when you say to yourself, oh, I'm stuck in a negative thought loop, let me breathe, let me breathe deeply and slowly a few times so I can actually denature, so I can release the cortisol that's going through my system, the other hormones that are going through the system that keeps my muscles tense, that keeps my heart beating fast, that creates this sweat, this clamminess I'm feeling. And you can begin to gain a control, not over life, but over what your body is doing. And you can bring it back into the present moment and be more relaxed and let go of the thought in that way it's like okay that's i'm going down a tunnel there's no cheese in that tunnel it's not a great place for me to go i'm coming back now there's this unknowing during divorce i'm doing any sort of major shift in life and the more we can let go of needing to know 
exactly how life is going to settle out, the easier it'll be to remain in the present. The need to know the unknowable. Uh, You can hear the issue right there. It's a catch-22. You're seeking to know something that's impossible to know. So it, it twists the brain, the thought patterns, into knots. And it, it leads you to fabricate stories of how it'll be or how it was. And you begin living as if the fabrications that you made up in your head, that they're real, that that's reality. And it's amazingly damaging when life even more so than normal. As Karen said, we are used to living in the past or the present and rarely are in the moment. But when life is in flux, being in the moment becomes even more important. And and the interesting thing is how often we live in what isn't. And so in a couple of statements, I'm sure these will resonate with a lot of people listening. I had one client who said... Uh, she was she was uh, just post-divorce and living in a small apartment that was like half underground. So she called it a basement apartment. She said, I'm going to live in a crappy basement apartment for the rest of my life. And when we began to talk about it, it's like that's what she thought, that's what she believed, that's what she saw in her future, that's what she poured into, which of course sapped her of all her energy and, and, and all of her passion for what she really wanted. Another client... Um, I had been working with was like, I'm going to be lonely. I'm going to be alone and lonely um, for the rest of my life. And I'm only in my mid fifties. And so, you know, again, living into that, thinking about that, seeing what that sounded like and looked like and believing in it and just sapping energy and feeling so hopeless as if it was real when it's not, we could do that with finances. We could do that with, you know, I'm never going to have a good relationship with my kids. We can go down the whole list and, um, and and doing that steals from us the power and the control that we have. And there's nothing positive in that. And so that's what we really want you to begin to notice and to come back to something that's more real in what you have today. And I'm going to make two statements that I want to sear into your brain. The first is that your life will resettle. It does. It does for everyone. The second is that your attitude is actually more significant in impacting the outcome of your divorce than your circumstances. Your attitude is ultimately something that you have power around. So those two ideas, that my life, it will resettle. It feels very unsettled. Fear comes up for me a lot, and it does. Your life will resettle. What you're feeling doesn't impact that fact. And the other, again, is that your attitude is more significant in impacting the outcome of your divorce than your circumstances. And I know for Karen and myself, faith plays an important role in our lives. And for any of you listening, if faith has meaning to you, 
And I'm not saying it's right or wrong or good or bad, but if faith has meaning to you, now's the time to live in faith because life will resettle. It does for everyone. And faith can help you get, just relax a bit and realize you're not in this alone, even if it feels like it. As you navigate divorce, you can seek and you can accept assistance from people, from places, from things, and from your faith in whatever whatever it is you have faith in. Uh, divorce is, is actually, it's too complex to manage alone. People who reach out and create a support system, it's easier for them to stay in the present. The support system helps you stay in the present and to navigate step by step. And there's a prayer. It's a very simple prayer. You've probably all heard it. The serenity prayer. It's a good thing to remember. And it's God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And please feel free, all of you, whatever your concept of God is, just plug that concept in. Or if you're atheist, just plug in something that will grant you the serenity to accept what you can't change, the courage to change what you can, take the steps that will get you from here to through, and the wisdom to know which is which. I, I can't say enough about, um, about that concept of finding what your faith is and grounding yourself in it because you're on... You're temporarily, and that's the key word, temporarily on um, shifting ground and there's uncertainty. And so faith is sometimes when we just don't know, we have to choose. And choosing faith and believing in a better future um, is really the best thing that you can do. There's a, there's a saying that I love, which is what we appreciate appreciates. What we focus our attention on grows. And so think about where you focus your attention. And if it's fear and negativity, make a commitment to yourself to stop that today, to stay in the present moment. And when you think about the uncertainty, what will be in the future that you don't know, Think about what you want and not what you don't want. And I think that um, I, I'd like to share a, a quote about present moment. And then, Lisa, I'd like to wrap up by talking about some of the practices that people can engage in to begin uh, working on their present moment awareness. So uh, so this, the, the quote is, life is available only in the present moment. If you abandon the present moment, you cannot live the moments of your life deeply. And that's by um, Bitnat, Bit, I always say his name Bit, wrong. Bitnat Han. Bitnat Han, thank you. Um, and I think that's just such a powerful statement and quote for what we're talking about today. And Karen used the word uh, intend, intention. And intention is a very, very powerful force, human intention. 
So when you intend, if you're listening and you say, this sounds very positive, I want to, to do this, I want to be able to stay in the present, change the word, shift the word want to, to intend to. Because if you use your will and your intention to stay in the present, that intention will It'll bring you back to the present. May, as Karen said earlier, it may be, you know, four days later, or it might be four hours later, or four minutes after you've slipped, but it will bring you back to the present moment, and it will eventually train you to keep your mind, keep your head where your feet are, so you don't get ahead of yourself. And you don't get behind yourself. And as everyone knows, if we lean over too far forward, lean over too far backwards, what happens? We fall. So let's let's go right to um, the the various practices uh, on a very basic level. There are certain things that you do every day that are so routine that there's a really good chance that you're not being present during them. It's uh, showering. When you get in the shower, is your mind on the water pouring over you and shampooing your hair or are you thinking about the day you just had or the day ahead of you? When you're cooking, are you feeling and smelling and really in the moment of all the different tasks involved in putting a meal together or are you someplace else so whether you're washing the dishes or or cleaning the house or or gardening or whatever it is you're doing on a daily basis just those normal daily routines that's the first and easiest place for you to begin to notice where your mind is while you're doing these things. Another possibility is um, the things that you do enjoy, right? It's a really, really tough time of life. So perhaps you go for a walk in nature someplace. That's such a wonderful time, especially as seasons change, to really pay attention to what's going on around you, the birds that you hear, the different kinds of leaves, if the leaves are still on the tree or falling, the, the, the temperature of the air, the breeze against your skin, like to, to mindfully pay attention to the way that you're walking, the crush of things under your feet, a, a really nice place where you can practice present moment awareness. Mm. And the practice of journaling is also very, very useful. And the reason for that is because our, our minds, they think so fast that a thought is replaced by a next thought faster than the speed of light. And when you journal, you're actually slowing down your thoughts so you can be mindful of what it is you're thinking. So there becomes a separation of the thoughts you're having and you as the observer of the thoughts being thought and written. And it has a way of disconnecting you from the thoughts. And really, after a while journaling, I've had many people tell me, I'm so tired of saying the same thing or thinking the same thing. It's over. When my mind begins to do this, I grab my journal 
I start writing, and before I know it, I've written right out of it. Also, physical exercise uh, is very, very helpful. If you find you're getting into a very negative mind space and your head is time traveling, you know, whether you get on a bike or go to the gym or put on running shoes or just throw some music on your head, really enjoy listening and go for a walk, you can actually move through the mood and the space. And again, that also through the breathing, it begins to release the stress hormones so you can come back to a relaxed state. And the one that I would really encourage everybody to try is, um, you know, it's it's meditation, but it's really centering, like the very early stages of learning or experiencing uh, present moment is is choosing to sit once or twice a day, start with just a couple of minutes, three, four, five minutes tops, and just sit still in a comfortable chair without any distractions and pay attention to your breath. And it's the one constant, right? And so you're literally choosing to sit and say, I breathe in, I breathe out. I breathe in, I breathe out. And within seconds, I promise you, I was doing it this morning. My mind was off and running someplace. And I noticed it. And I came back and I breathe in, I breathe out. And if sitting in silence is uncomfortable, there are apps on the phone. There are, there are um, beginner meditation, guided meditations. Uh, on our website, we have a few. And so... taking a few minutes to do that it's like anything else you can train your mind to stay um to stay in the present moment simply by every day paying attention to how and when it drifts and just inviting it back very important Uh, i find if i let go of my morning meditations and they're really 20 minutes a day i my mind is more out of control than when I have my regular meditation. It, it supports me being mindful. It supports my posture. Um, it does a lot. And I want to also recommend that you surround yourself uh, with choice, friends or family, coach, therapist, people who will support you to stay in the present, that rather than supporting you in your fears or in your reminiscences, they, they listen and they move you back. Okay, that's what happened. Now, what's happening today? You know, what can you do today to what's the next step? as you get yourself from here to pass this very choppy passage we call divorce. And the human resources in our lives are very, very valuable when they reinforce us staying in the present moment of being proactive and staying out of loops of fear and negativity. And if you really, if a lot of what we talked about today just uh, settled with you and you just felt like, wow, this is, this is really 
a key issue for me and I have been feeling powerless and I have had some of these habits that haven't served me, I want to invite you to reach out. We work one-on-one with clients all around the world via phone, via Skype or FaceTime, and we support them exactly where they are. And you can't be any place but where you are. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. The choices you make for how to move forward and when to move forward from here are key. And so if this resonates with you, if you would like to learn more about support, the first coaching session is always on the house. We are happy to spend the time with you and you will absolutely walk away with a lot of value. So please do reach out. You can contact us through the website. There's an 800 number. There's a contact page. Um, and so we really look forward to hearing from you if if that's uh, if that's the right next step for you. You have a newsletter too, right, Karen? Yes, and you can also on the home page of the website, which is journeybeyonddivorce.com, you can uh, you can sign up for the newsletter, and you can also sign up for the rest of the um, 12-step podcasts there. If you found this show valuable, it's very easy to go to our website and sign in and listen to all of the shows, because each one is remarkably valuable in its own right. Karen and I and all of the coaches on our team, we've been through periods of of great pain. And we've used that pain and we know how to take that pain and transform it into gain. And we're passionate about supporting you to do the same. So your life can be more peaceful, more prosperous, and just more enjoyable to experience. So as we wrap up, I just want to uh, invite you to our next show, which is step nine. It's called Breaking Free of the Past, Stepping into Possibility. And that's going to be uh, with uh, myself and Karen Besmaggi. And we're going to be exploring the four mental obstacles that keep us stuck. So please do tune in. Wonderful. I know you're helping so many. We've heard from listeners and they love what you do. I recommend our listeners reach out to you through your website, journeybeyonddivorce.com and make that consultation date. You'll be glad you did. Karen McMahon, Lisa Brick, thank you so much for all you do. Thanks, Steve. Steve, thank you. At Journey Beyond Divorce, we know that sometimes the most powerful support we can offer is to help you process the storm of emotions you're experiencing and gently challenge the beliefs that are keeping you stuck. The way Karen delivers her program is that she validates the feelings, the emotions, the ups, the downs. She hones in on the specifics that really talk to that particular person when they're going through this crazy emotional time let us be a beacon in the midst of this crazy emotional time book a free lifeline call with us to help lift the fog and begin practicing new ways of thinking being and doing that better support you as you journey through and beyond divorce our gift to you is taking that first step with you 
on your free Rapid Relief Lifeline call, where we help you navigate the emotional and logistical turbulence of separation and divorce. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call.